Our second reading is from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. This is the fifth chapter beginning at the sixth verse. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we've been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, there's lots of different ideas, huh? And opinions about confession. And there's some really strong feelings about it too, both positive and negative. And many people have ideas about confession that are based on rumors or um, really bad teaching and don't have anything to do with the gift of confession and that's simply coming before God honestly as it's taught in Scripture. Confession is not a work we do in order to somehow gain God's favor. It's not something we do so God will pay attention and keep score and we have to accumulate enough points so we go to heaven when we die. It's not something we do in order to make God love us. He loves us already. We confess our sins to a Father who cares for us and loves us in advance. And when we come to God in a spirit of honesty and transparency and confession we're not telling God anything that he doesn't know about us already you may finally after all those months or years tell your spouse you may finally after all that time tell your parents about something you've been hiding from them but there are no such secrets with God he knows he knows reminds me of um, four high school boys they decided together that they would intentionally arrive late at school one day because they knew in first period their English teacher was going to be administering a really hard test and they had not done their studying, they were ill-prepared. So they decided to just drive around town, stop and get a breakfast burrito at Golden Pride and they finally showed up closer to lunchtime and as luck would have it, as they're walking in the building, the English teacher sees them. And she's a little upset. Where were you? Where have you been? And one boy just said, well, um, uh, well, we were heading to school and then um, one of our uh, tires got flat and we were stuck in traffic and uh, we didn't know how to put the spare tire on and it took a long time for the tow truck to finally show up. That's what happened. And the other three boys were just nodding in agreement. And to their relief, the teacher smiled and said, oh, I'm so sorry, that must have been terrible. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. And since you missed the test this morning, why don't you come with me now? We don't have a lot of time. So instead of the test everyone else took that had 20 questions, you're just going to have two easy questions. The boys thought this was awesome. She walked them in the classroom, had each one go to a different corner, gave them a piece of paper and a writing pen, and said, so here's your first question. It's really, really easy. Which tire went flat? <laughs> she says, go ahead, write down your answer. 
And she goes, and the second question is even easier. What was the color of the tow truck? And she said, I'll wait right here for you to finish your exams. God knows when we're less than honest. And if we're not truthful with him, we're really only deceiving ourselves because we cannot deceive God. And when it comes to confession, contrary to what some believe, we can do that without dread or worry because God is gracious and merciful. The Word of God reminds us that God first loved us. God loved us before we realized there was even a God to worship Blowing away our measurements of time and space because God is not bound by time and space. Uh, God did something for our sinful condition before we were even born. And that something is someone. He gave us Jesus. And think about that. On that cross, Christ died for you and me for our sins before we even started sinning. Before we even took our first breath. God knew what we would need. Listen to these words again from the Apostle Paul. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there's another passage of Scripture you may know. It's from 1 John chapter 4. This is very important when we think about confession. Perfect love, the love we see in Jesus, perfect love, drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. So I've been living in Albuquerque almost 20 years. About 15 years ago, I met a man who um, I just love. Uh, He's old enough to be my father. And I met him um, at the first gym that we both belonged to. And then lo and behold, we wound up going to a second fitness center. I see him all the time. He goes to confession every morning at 6.30 a.m. And he's told me he does that because he's afraid. He's afraid that if he doesn't go to confession every morning and tell the pastor every single thing that he can think of that he did wrong since the previous confession 24 hours prior, that he won't get to heaven. He goes to confession because he believes his salvation is based on what he does every morning instead of what Christ did for him already on the cross. We've had good theological conversations about this, and he says, well, you Protestants just don't understand. You think God is just so loving and gracious. Yeah, we do. We we don't come to worship God in a spirit of dread or shame. But he continues to go to confession because he's so afraid of what God might do to him if he misses one morning and that's the day he has the big one. Strokes out. Dies. He is so sincere. He is so devout in his faith but it's based on so much dread and worry and he doesn't picture a God of love, a God of mercy. He pictures a God that's just counting and keeping track of all of his misdeeds and all of his foibles and all of his mistakes and all of his frailties. The Word of God teaches us that we confess sins to a a God who knows us through and through and loves us already. And that we're not to cower in fear, but to come to Him in confidence, saying, Lord, you know everything there is to know. I need to be honest with you about myself as well, because you know it already. 
So you've got this one fellow who every morning is up before many of us have had our first sip of coffee going to confession. And then you've got other people. I'm not going to say it's the other end of the spectrum, but they believe in what we might call partial confession. And I don't know that you can do confession that's half-hearted or halfway. But these folks, maybe you know someone like this, say, God, please forgive me for this part of my life where I know I've messed up. I know I've done wrong. I really need your help. But could you just please ignore this other little part of my life? Just leave that alone. I like that sin. I really enjoy that part of my disobedience. That won't work. Because God wants all of you. Uh, What would you say to your fiancé, to your spouse, if he or she was absolutely categorically faithful to you five out of seven days? What would you do if your coach, if you play on a sports team, was awesome showing up for practice half the time? What would happen at your place of employment if you're not yet retired? If you showed up early, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but came waltzing in in the afternoon, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you think you'd have a job there for long? And what would you think of your dentist if he said... Those x-rays, you got a really bad cavity on that molar on the left lower side. I'm going to take half that rod out and just seal it tight. I'll put a filling right on top of it. You wouldn't accept those half measures. Not in relationships, not in the workplace, not at the dentist. Why would we ever think that God would be satisfied with partial honesty, which is really dishonesty? And why would we settle for being anything less than fully forgiven and cleaned up. I mean, it would be like standing you know, with one leg in the shower and the other leg dry on the towel, on the tile, thinking that's how you're going to get clean. I don't think that's going to work. Confession is all or nothing. And here's another thing about confession that's very important. It's not just one-dimensional between people like us and our Father in Heaven. It also is something that is horizontal between all of us, sons and daughters of the living God. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We don't pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we hold on to those grudges against and look forward to the day we get even with those who have trespassed against us. That's not the prayer Jesus taught. Some people live that way. And I'm not a physician, I'm a pastor, but I think holding on to those grudges, two, three, four, 20, 30, 40 years, some people hold on to them to their deathbeds, I think that's toxic. I think it's a cancer to the soul. It's a malignancy that will affect other aspects of your life. And the only cure for it is not going to be from some pharmacy, it's mercy forgiveness. Maybe you've heard the story of a father and son in Spain. Um, The son had done something horribly, wickedly wrong. The father knew it, and they had a bad argument. They were estranged, and finally the, the son named Paco ran away. The father set out to find his son, his beloved son, to no avail, and finally, in desperation, he took an ad out in the local paper. And I'm no bilingual pastor, but it read in Spanish, Estimado Paco, Encontrarme frente a esta oficina de prensa a mediodía del sábado. Todo está perdonado. Te quiero, tu padre. Dear Paco, 
Meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. And the story goes that Saturday, some 800 men named Paco. (laughs) Young men, 800, showed up wanting forgiveness, needing their father's love. Well, one last thought about confession. It's not that devout man that I know who goes to the confessional booth every morning at 6.30. It's a different, much younger man, this one young enough to be my son, that I've been trying to get to come to church, not for 15 years, but about the last eight or so. And finally, he just let me have it. (laughs) He knows I'm a pastor, and he says, look, I just don't want anything to do with the church, because you Christians, I mean, you don't take sin seriously enough. You just think you can go to church every Sunday, tell God, I'm sorry, get forgiveness, then go back out on Monday doing the same thing all over again, because no worry, next Sunday, you'll get everything forgiven again. He goes, I don't want any part of that hypocrisy. I'm glad he finally told me what he thought about people like you and me. And I told him, you know, well, the first part is true. Uh, Forgiveness is available, not just on Sundays. It's available every day of the week, and you don't have to have a pastor God is ready and willing to forgive. You can do that 24-7, anytime, night or day. But that second part, I'm not sure where you got that idea. Because nowhere in Scripture are we taught that we get forgiveness to go out and do as we please, grieving God's heart willy-nilly. We know that God loves sinners, only kind of people he can love. But the same God who loves sinners just hates sin because of what it does to us, to relationships, to one another. God takes sin seriously, and so should we. That we should take the power of grace and the promise of mercy just as seriously. William Barclay said this years ago when it comes to the grace of God and his desires for us. The love of God always wants what's best for us. The wisdom of God knows what's best for us. And the power of God can accomplish that in us. See, God is not out to run our fun and give us, you know, boring lives. He wants our lives to be full. He wants our lives to be joy-filled. And God doesn't want us to live in fear of Him, nor does He want us to keep hurting ourselves and those around us, or to be stuck in the same destructive habits or bearing the shame of some sin from a lifetime ago. Being dishonest with God just makes things worse for us. For God has wired us in his image and likeness. God has created us according to his will and purpose so that the Holy Spirit will make us feel a little guilt over the sins we've done. That's how God made us, so we'll turn to him to be forgiven and restored and renewed. Amy read it. I want you to hear it again from the book of Psalms about what it means to be honest with God and the power, the power of his loving kindness. When I kept silent, I wasted away, groaning all day long. When I kept silent, day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was dried up as in the heat of summer. But then I acknowledged my sin to you. I didn't hide my iniquity. I said, I'm going to confess my transgressions to the Lord. 
and you forgave me all the guilt of my sin. So now you're a hiding place for me. You preserve me. You surround me with cries of joy, deliverance. Happy, not fearful. Glad, not ashamed. Are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, in whose spirit there's no deceit. Would you stand with me as we affirm our faith in this loving God, Father, Son, and Spirit? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.